That is Hitbox, the show. It's a podcast about video games, all things past, present, and future. And it's my little my little safe place each week, each Sunday. It's actually going to be an ASMR show this week. Um, that's a lie. My name is Peter Svitek, uh, and with me this week is my co-host, Justin Makovich. Ooh. I was trying to think of a, a hit sound this week that would be like the safe split place one. So I, I uh, try to go, ooh, that, that, that if I is got that a hit. safe space? I don't know. It just seems like a like if I got hit and my reaction was ooh, I wouldn't be a f- like uh, that would be like a good reaction. Okay, okay. You know, I will say this. Um, I was thinking I was driving today home and I was thinking about the sound you were gonna make or if you were gonna make a sound because I was also yep. worried that maybe you would feel railroaded, like you would feel like I was railroading you into having to always make a sound. I, I, to be honest, the sound thing is totally on my end. I'm, I'm planning on getting a bunch of different tools and props to use. Oh, that's uh, fun. But f- for now, I still have my voice, and uh, this this hitbox was a ooh, ooh, yeah. That's yeah. That, okay, I can I can I can enjoy that. Um, yep. But today we are going to be talking um, about the Xbox showcase that happened. When was that? Uh, July 2020. Um, because while last week we talked at the beginning of our episode planning on doing both the PlayStation Showcase and the Xbox Showcase, that obviously didn't happen. Um, so today we're going to sort of be talking about, uh, you know, the Xbox games that they showed and, and sort of Game Pass and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, in the, for the sake of time, I think we should just hop right into it because last week it took us nine hours to get through. Um, <laughs> if that's yeah. all good with you. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so right off the bat, they showed they did show us Halo Infinite. And I'm curious about your thoughts on that because I know that you are currently playing through are you playing through the Master Chief collection or are you just playing through Halo 1? Uh I I was playing through the Master Chief collection um and I just finished Halo 1 um on it and now I've started Halo 2. Um and uh I, you know Halo to me it specifically the first one it's one of those games that when i'm thinking about like nostalgia mm-hmm. playing the first halo is an amazing memory for me whether it was over at my friends houses setting up land parties like yeah. halo of course is like the original land party for me uh bringing my xbox over with my friends and like having multiple set up and all the the different tvs in our basements um and then thinking about how halo 1 is today even mm-hmm. playing the remastered version. Did you play it with it, the like updated graphics and everything? Yeah, and the the cool thing about it is that it has the the button that you press that switches between the two of them yep. and you can do that in everything but the cutscenes. So just like frequently throughout the thing I just keep hitting it and like <laughs> going back and forth cuz it's fun. Uh but uh going back like yeah, the graphics are updated in it, but I feel like a lot of the actual gameplay feels a little dated um even even though playing the first halo i i I remember that there's so much about 
the original Halo that has changed multiplayer shooters um, from having the two guns. Like that was something that at the time was uh, new and, and unique. And now it's a standard when you're thinking about Call of Duty or anything like that. It's just right. having your, your your two basic guns that you go back and forth between. Um, but yeah, it was, I have to say it was hard to get through. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, it was. So I replayed it a few years ago. I just like the first three. And I, and again, this might be like tainted by the goggles of even nostalgia for, you know, however long ago I did it. Um, but I thought it was okay. I thought it held up pretty well. And I think that the things that didn't hold up, it was definitely like a, well, this is, this was revolutionary at the time. So like, yeah, I think I, I didn't realize how much I, I, I was like not into it until I started to play the Halo 2 remastered on the Master Chief collection because immediately when you start off uh that first mission when the Covenant start to invade your space station and oh, you you get the SMG and you have the battle rifle mm-hmm. and like the feeling that those guns make when you shoot people is just so much better than what yeah. you felt with anything in the original Halo. And the the dual wielding, I think, is such a huge game changer in terms of strategy when you're thinking about, like, how you're setting up to fight these people. Like, it, playing that game, and, and I, I've only, I think, played the first, like, five chapters of it, um, and just even going through that stuff, like, it was so much more fun to actually go around and shoot people uh, than it was in the original one. I, I think it's incredible. I I think the first three are are, are really good, and and obviously some of it doesn't hold up now with you know how we play modern sh- like first person shooters and stuff. But um, I think that those three hold up pretty well as long as you are looking through it at at it with that sort of lens. Um, but are you? Are I guess my question is, did you like four, five? I have, my question is twofold. Did you like four and five? Halo four and five. So I haven't played Halo 5. Uh, when Halo 5 came out, um, I didn't have the Xbox uh, one oh, yet. So my goal was like, I don't want to just jump into that story after not having played Halo in years. Like yeah, the last yeah. Halo I played was, I think, was it Halo 4 then Reach or Reach then Halo 4? So it was Halo 3, Halo ODST, Halo Reach, Halo 4. Okay, so the Reach last one was I... the last Bungie one. Okay, yeah. So I played um, all of the Halos um, up until Halo 4 in mm-hmm. order like when they came out and halo 4 was such an underwhelming experience for me because yeah. the story did not make sense i felt like i was missing stuff and it it was also something i played in, in like two days which is kind of also on me for just kind of marathoning through it so i don't really remember it as being anything super special uh but that left such a sour taste in my mouth that i wasn't hungry to go back Sure. And I, usually I would think if I got the new Xbox, that would be one of the first games I'd play. But it's just been so slow for me to get to that point when I hear such disappointing things about the story in Halo 5 that it hasn't really made me want to uh, go and play that immediately. There's so many other of the Xbox exclusives that I've gone to first before that. So what used to be a really high interest level for me with Halo has kind of come down to just be like, eh, I guess I guess I'll play it. Well, see, that's kind of how I've been, especially with like, you know, we've known that Halo Infinite is coming out. I think we've known the title for it for a while. Um, and an infinite and, amount of time. What's that? We've known it for an infinite amount of time. That's There you go. It's pretty good. But but in just thinking about, like, Halo Infinite, it's like, yeah, I'll probably play it. Because also, to my understanding, it's supposed, is it supposed to be the last one? Or am I making that up? I, I mean, I, I would... Even if it's the last ones that 343 makes uh, or whatever, I would doubt that a pro- property as big as Halo would ever stop. Got it. Got it. Well, but, you know, I might eat my words later in the future, but sure, sure. But I, I mean, I definitely have always had that thought of like, oh, I'll probably play it. But I mean, I was 
pretty let down by Halo 4, and I mean, I didn't even finish Halo 5, which is, I mean, I finished just about every game I play. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like a, it's an obsession, I have to. Yes, yes, I mean, because even if it's a bad game, I want to see it to the end, I just, it's yeah. just completely lost interest in Halo 5. And so I remember, like, also thinking about Halo Infinite before sort of this footage came out and whatever. Um, I, I remember thinking, like, it's probably, you know, maybe it'll be different. Maybe it will be different. And from the footage that was shown, I, I have a few things about it. The first thing is, I think it does look different than Halo 5. I think Halo 5 seemed to be kind of a misstep, you know, with, with the aiming down the sights and always having your either AI or, um, like, online companions with you. It, that that seemed like it didn't go over so smoothly with really anyone. <laughs> I don't I don't uh, know how many people are like loved Halo Five, but just just to jump in for a second, yeah. Um, with me not being that rem- like I don't remember it that clearly. Was there aiming down the sights in four, or was no. it only a five thing? So that was like five. their new trying to be, I guess, the modern shooter by having aiming down the sights. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, you've always been able to like zoom. You know, with, with certain yeah. weapons, you can zoom in, but like the way that, you know, Call of Duty does and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but I mean, from the from the footage that they showed us, they don't show any of that, which I think that if it was in there, it would have been, you know, shown. Yeah. But did it did the footage look like it was fun for you? Fun like to you? It it reminded me um, of that first level in the original Halo, like that you are on the ring. Oh, yeah. Like and when you get into that that initial area, that it's I, I don't I don't want to call it open world because it, it wasn't at all. It was very like streamlined. But there was like mm-hmm. that one part where there's the different like beacons you can go yeah. to in whatever order, and that's what it kind of felt like to me from the aesthetic. From I mean, just being on, on that I guess it was the Halo ring, right? Being on that Halo mm-hmm. ring just it reminded me so much of the first one. Even <laughs> this is where the controversial part comes in because of the graphics of it. Yep. It reminded me much more stylistically of the original graphics. Um, than it did of like a modern perfect graphic game. Sure, it was much more kind of cartoony rather than realistic, um, in a way. Uh, and and uh, I was I excited to play that. It looked like more Halo to me. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, that, that is the one thing. Like it seemed like they tried to not not necessarily innovate, but but change it up in some way for Halo Five. You know, aiming mm-hmm. down the sights and the, and it's going to be cooperative in a way that it hasn't been in the past. But like. It, it didn't change anything up. It, it does look like more Halo. Like, it was the, it was the kind of thing where I saw, like, that's a Halo game for sure. Like, what's, what's that? That's a new weapon that's interesting. But, other, I mean, the assault rifle is the same thing that's been around forever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems... When, when I think about the graphics in Halo, I'm not thinking about 4 and 5 because, again, those weren't ones that I played a lot. I, I played a lot of Halo 3. Uh, and I think that the, the graphics in that still look pretty good, apart from, like, the faces of humans. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they look like Minecraft yeah. people. But um, but I think that, for the most part, those things look pretty good. And, and they look like the like the creatures, at least. So, like, the aliens and, and Flood and stuff look almost, like, lived... Like, li- they look like they live in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, the problem with the graphics... It's not about, like sharpness or anything like that because i you don't need good graphics to make a game good i really liked man eater and i think that game looks like a playstation 2 game um (laughs) but but it was fun you know and so if if it ends up being fun that's fine but i i guess my problem with the graphics is that it looks like it took a step back in design um where like the grunts look weird and the 
brutes look weird and it's hard to I guess to put my finger on exactly what looks weird but I mean I think that at the end of the the gameplay there's that monologue by that elite not elite the the brute Um, I think that looks like the best enemy that you see in all that footage just because I think it looks like the brutes that we know from Halo 3 and stuff because I don't remember if they were in Halo 4 and 5 I, yeah. I thought I thought it looked I thought it, I thought it looked good, but I think that everything else looked a little like a little weird. Yeah, I think I think one of the reasons why when you were looking at that brute, it looked okay was because it was just the brute, so you didn't have that like realistic image to compare it to in terms of like a human. But like the scene where right. Master Chief was talking to uh, that pilot, you know the pilot's name. I do I not. Whatever his name is, that just didn't look good. No. <laughs> like the the animation didn't look good. It didn't look smooth. It looked like it was uh, an older game. And you know, this might be be me being jaded by playing games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima recently and The Last of Us Part Two. But those games, when you're looking at the animation, how they're talking to each other, it is like beautiful. Like yeah. it, like it's just. Th- so advanced specifically the last of us part two just how they're emoting and everything and i know that that is a rare situation like not every game is going to be like that whether it's next generation or whatever but for this being the game that they're showing for like next gen it was just a little disappointing to start that (laughs) that trailer off with that that's that's the whole thing isn't it where it's like starting their press conference with you know i mean their their whole thing has been for the past however long, I guess since we've known about it, so what, December? They've been saying it's the most powerful console ever created. And then they show us that footage, and with the heat that Sony brings with with their exclusives and the way they look, opening with this man talking to Master <laughs> Chief, and Master Chief looks fine yeah. because he's a guy in a suit of armor, so you, you know, your, Hard your, to mess your eyes can't, like, can't detect the weird inconsistencies in that, but he, he looks, I mean, to me, to me, personally, there was no technology shown off in the trailer, or not, it wasn't a trailer, the, the gameplay stuff that, to my understanding, couldn't be achievable on the Xbox One. It looks like an Xbox One game. Um, I sent you a video of, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, yeah, yeah. of like one of the one of the execs saying like, you know, it's the most powerful console ever made and, and whatever. And like in the background of the footage, there's like trees and stuff like popping in and, and things like that. And that, that's fine if that's what it is, but if this is your example of the most powerful thing you can create, then it feels just like maybe showing this off first might have not been a great idea. Right, and and I get how people are excited about Halo, and like that sure. that's what they want to see. That should be the first thing, but yeah, I... Just such an interesting take, and I think as you know, we finished talking about what their games were, I think that's a similar feeling for most of these games, that I don't feel any of these games necessarily that were shown blew me away with what the graphics were in terms of being next gen graphics right being like an amazing like yeah okay like if you want to play a game that looks like this you got to get an xbox series x and i didn't see that um now all that being said i i've said before that graphics are not the number one thing that's the most important to me in playing a game i'd rather have performance over anything i want a game to feel good um i want it to run good i would rather uh you know have uh, the game have a better uh, uh, FPS than it being uh, graphically beautiful. That's just my personal thing that I that I look for when playing games. Sure. But so many people are not like me. So many people spend thousands of dollars on amazing TVs and, and great graphics cards, so everything is perfect. That I would 
assume that if you're saying this is a powerful system, those are the things you want to show people. Like, this is beautiful. This is what you will get on uh, an Xbox Series X, or this is what you get for next gen. Uh, Do you think you're going to get Halo Infinite? Well, so uh, I'll play it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume by the time that uh, they uh, release uh, the Series X, I will have beaten the rest of the Master Chief collection and I'll, I'll play it. Yeah. Um, and I nothing I saw has made me not want to play it. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. Like if it's out there, if it's new, I, I think I have to be part of that. And to play a Halo game multiplayer when it first comes out, when you have the most people playing it, I think is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about Halo multiplayer that is fun. Uh, I'll play it. Uh, will it be the best game ever? I think no matter what, for me, a game like Halo will never be the best game of all time. Sure. I mean, it could be. I mean, look what they did with God of War. I was not a fan of God of War when when those games were first out, but then when the God of War uh, reimagining came out for PS4, that game's amazing, right? This is not a God of War PlayStation 2 jump to a God of War PlayStation 4 jump. This is more Halo. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be interested because, you know, I, I saw a lot of people talking about, like, you know, so many people are talking smack, but, like, you're still going to play it. And, I mean, yeah, but but you're allowed to be critical of the things that you like and also, like, the media you consume. Because, I mean, I will for sure play this because I'm I'm interested. I'm interested because Halo 5 was such a misstep um, for me and it didn't land properly for me. Um, but that's, that's exactly why I want to play this, to sort of see, like, I, I think that my enjoyment of this might be telling for my interest in the series as it goes on you know or if it goes on and, and whatever so you know if i if i really love this game then if they make another halo game am i gonna play it oh yeah but if it, if this is also like does not land with me at all then maybe i'll just say you know what that's fine and and let halo be halo maybe dip in at some point when it's you know on sale or whatever but could just be it for me in that in that way are you ready to move on have you said your piece about halo uh, I just want to say, so uh, with the original Halo, I, I seemed like I was hard on it, didn't hold up. Um, and my, one of my memories of that game was at the very end when you're mm-hmm. in the Warthog and you're escaping yeah. uh, the the Pillar of pillar Dawn of autumn. or autumn. Autumn. Pillar autumn. autumn. The Pillar of Autumn. And you're escaping it, right? And I remember like that was such an amazing, like awesome scene, right? Well, see, you went you went right with you went right with that music though. So I'm, I was playing it. You just you just make those vents explode. Yeah. And you get in the warthog and things are exploding. And that's not the music you hear. No? No. You what hear you like hear? it's like it's like a drum, like boom. It's just like a, like a general like kind of like drum thing okay. as that's first happening, and I was so disappointed because I just I'm like I've been Mandela affected on this like what I thought was like how that yeah. game ended it was not how it ended. So you're playing and you get this like drum beat going, and I was very disappointed. I was like I remember this being so epic. Like I I wanted to, I the, 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 I was looking forward to this, and you didn't get that. But um, then uh, you get like halfway through, and uh, foe hammers coming to Gonna pick, pick you, you up. up, yeah. And then th- that's when it explodes. Like that ship explodes. You see the ghost past you. Yeah. And then is it that what it kicks in. on? Oh, and it's then such for a that last song. run, and then I'm like, okay, I was disappointed at first, but still, this is freaking awesome as you're going through it. Um, and that was just like such an epic music. And I, I think one of my problems with that with Halo One is that every time they have a music other, like a song other than the the, yeah. the Halo theme. It, it's disappointing because I just want that to play like literally nonstop through the entire game. I think if every um, game had that song in it, it would be an improvement. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it's, just, it's, it's, it's so good. The score, especially is so good. when you're Master Chief and you're doing all this like epic stuff. Like yeah. you, you want to like have that. All right, 
State of Decay three. Have you ever played any State of Decay games? No, it's it's it, I see it. I see it on uh you know my uh Game Pass thing, and I mm-hmm. could if I wanted to. It's just one of those games. I, I feel like it's so stressful because it's permadeath. And yep. I know that's part of the game, and you have to get over that. I just feel like something like that, like timer games, like that kind of stuff, does not make me feel at peace when I'm playing a game. Sure. <laughs> so yep. I, I can appreciate it. I've thought about it. I just have never actually done it. Yeah, that makes sense. I played uh, the first one for a little bit when I was when it first came out, um, but I've not like stuck with the series or anything. It's it's hard to tell. Uh, I mean, the game, like the the trailer, I. I did not know that that was a, a state of decay game at first. I thought no. it was another like maybe like you're a hunter out in the forest and there's like zombie stuff and they said state of decay and that almost made me like oh <laughs> right yeah it was kind of like oh so that's a game I'm probably not gonna play <laughs> like, yeah. yeah okay that's fine um and there was no gameplay either so I'm like so it's hard to so tell so it could have meant anything you know um the next up we have uh, Forza Motorsports is that again I think uh, we talked about the what's the PlayStation. Uh, Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo is that the one yeah yeah I game. yeah great it's it's a it's a racing game people love it um uh from what I hear Forza is is one of the best ones to play uh I still don't care yeah <laughs> I've heard it's a very good racing simulator but I mean uh, our friend Alex is a big fan of like need for speed and I asked him about it when you know after all this came out I was like yo are you excited for this and he's like actually no because I like the like cartoony one like racing games like i like Mm -hmm. things that are kind of wacky and weird and not that i don't enjoy like simulate like racing simulations but it's just not the same they're just very different which is makes sense to me i'm not a racing person either but i can understand that they can be different you know yeah i I like a lot more like the kart racers uh i guess the quote-unquote realistic racing game that i'm gonna say quote-unquote because it's not realistic that i really got into was midnight club 2 Midnight Club 2. Um, okay. And it was like this like street racing, arcadey kind of game. And you would basically have to like uh, race against these bosses. And when you beat the bosses, you got their cars and they were like progressively better. That's cool. uh, but that game, by the end of it, got to the, the point where it was just so like you just had to memorize where all the, the, the points were to like go to instead of actually just like racing and speed and stuff like that. It became mm-hmm. more of like a memory thing. And once, you know, I was really into that game and I started playing like the other like racing street racing kind of games around the fast and furious time. Uh, and I just wasn't that in into it. And I got out of that very quick. And now my racing games come to Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> and you that's, go. that's as far as I go. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan personally. I've, I have other things to do than fantasize about going fast. And if I want to do that, <laughs> I'll play Sonic. That's just, that's a joke. I, I would not, <laughs> I would not do that. <laughs> um, Best racing game of all time. Sonic one. No, I would say uh, Sonic wave racers that's not what it's called wave do you know what i'm talking about where he's on like a surfboard no is there a, they like made a, two like of these games surfing game it's wow. like it's like there's i'm not gonna go into the plot i was gonna tell you the plot of the game um they're not good you 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 get on like a surfboard like a hoverboard and it's a bad game because most sonic games are bad games anyway sounds sounds fun we got Everwild. there wasn't much i mean i have not heard of this game until this point it looked interesting but i don't know if it's something that I would buy at launch without really knowing much else about it. Yeah, I'm I uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of rare. Yes. Uh not the current rare, original rare. You know, yeah. like yeah, what are you I, doing I now? 
So uh, when, you know, I love the Donkey Kong, one of my uh, country games, one of my favorite platformers of all time, the Banjo-Kazooie games, uh, Nuts and Bolts, eh, but like the original two, uh, like a lot of a lot of these older Nintendo games I was really into. And then when Rare was bought by Microsoft, uh, they, you know, went into the Sea of Thieves direction. Oh, sure. And now the Everwild direction. And really rare is just a name now a lot Mm -hmm. of the same people who made donkey kong country aren't there anymore yeah and it's a completely different group and i just don't think what rare has developed into uh are necessarily games that i am interested in playing anymore uh which is which is sad because i used to look at rare as such an awesome company but a game like this if it is something that's pretty similar to sea of thieves there's definitely an audience for that people like sea of thieves i just don't know if those are, are games that I would go to anymore. I much prefer those platformer games, like even Ukulele, for all the problems that game had made by former Rare developers. Uh, Even though that game had problems, I enjoy that more than Sea of Thieves. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, Tell me why. Uh, Why I I liked it more? Oh, no, you're talking about the game. Um. Um, uh, carefully, we're going to get copyright strict yeah, for that, true. so it's, we don't want to... Yeah. yeah, well, they're going to hear that, the, you know, the algorithms are going to hear that, and they're going to say, that was a Backstreet Boy. Or, no, yeah, that, uh, is it sync or Backstreet Boys? It's sync. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I feel like I'm losing my 90s card. Uh-oh. I don't have a 90s <laughs> card. <laughs> um, anyway, it doesn't matter, does it? I mean, it's going to bother me. I'll, well, uh, tell me why. The game. Let's talk about the game. <laughs> Um, it looks interesting. That's the Life is Strange one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I don't love Life is Strange. I've not really played them. I played the first episode of the first one, and I liked it enough, but not not enough to play through the rest of it. But um, I, I like a, I like a good story based game. I I love I love those kind of games. Um, uh, in theory, but sometimes playing them it can be quite a slog to get through. That's right. And I I really enjoyed like the Telltale Walking Dead. I only played the first season of it. Um, oh really? And I enjoyed the story, but I felt like sometimes it was so basic with what you had to do. Yeah. That sometimes getting to the big story beats was kind of a drag. Yeah, I would say that like the gameplay of the that game was probably the worst part of it. Because I would, I probably would have been fine with those games if it, they were a majority. I mean, they probably are a majority of you know talking and, and conversation stuff. But like having to go fix a generator, and mm-hmm. the puzzle is just use screwdriver on screws. You know, like the Life is Strange games. Um, I think they're pretty similar in terms of that. Um, I I haven't played them myself, but I've watched my girlfriend play uh, Life is Strange uh, one and two. And you know, the stories are engaging and it's kind of fun for me to like witness those games not actually playing them because I don't like the gameplay, I like the story, so I don't yeah. have to necessarily deal with with playing that. Um, and there's they do some really interesting things uh, in those games and both Life is Strange are kind of based on characters that have more or less superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the second one particularly I thought was pretty interesting in a current event, uh, like kind of placed in current history it's like a sort of alternate reality world where uh we have this uh family uh mexican-american family who uh basically a thing happens in which both of them have to run away um from the the cops and they're wanted men it's like uh, two characters it's a older brother and and his younger brother Mm -hmm. and they have to run away from the cops and escape home 
and basically cross over the Mexican border to escape America. Um, and after uh, she finished playing through the game, we looked at all like the opposite, the different endings that you can end up getting in that game. Yeah. And it was pretty varied with how different some of the endings oh, really? were. Um, uh, I mean, it still kind of comes down to like right, a couple right. of different like fill in the blanks here based on your choices. But, you know, like you could make some major choices that really affected how your your game turned out whether you guys were the good guys the bad guys the whatever and with tell me why being by don't nod uh i think it it, it's gonna maybe be something more of that because as they're making more games i would hope their ability to make games that have depth to them is only going to improve as well and they can build off a life of strange too to make something pretty interesting here one of the things they were saying with this game is that it's going to come out have a release date faster than a lot of these other games because that can also be like an episodic game yeah are they doing episodic or is it it's yeah. it's episodic but they they promised the the releasing is going to be quicker uh than some of these other ones uh, have good. been because i feel like that's a, a huge stopping point sometimes yes. like you're really into the story and then it stops and you gotta wait a couple weeks and you never know when it's coming out and that can be a real turnoff but uh, i think hopefully they they aren't are just saying that to say that and they do have a, a regular release schedule because i think this could be something fun mm-hmm. all right uh, Again, to watch on. not play <laughs> <laughs> uh ori in the will of the wisps i've never played an ori game um it's not really my my forte uh yeah i i from I haven't played them either. They're on my list of things that I would like to play. Um, they're, you know, the one and two seem to be uh, similar but different from each other. Two seems to be a little bit more open worldy. Uh, one, it's still that it's not so much based on combat. A lot of its exploration of combat, uh, from what I hear, is a little bit disappointing. So I think two is like a uh, an upgrade on a lot of different levels of it. But I, I, I think it could be fun. Um, and this specific announcement is how they're just uh, re-releasing it better yep. for the Xbox Series X. Right. Uh, and when The Will of the Wisp came out uh, initially, there's a lot of graphical issues that happened with it on mm. um, uh, Xbox One X and S, really. And a lot of frame rate issues. So hopefully this could uh, clean that up to really optimize it. Uh, to make it an, an even uh, better performing game. And people still liked it, even with the technical problems. So this sure. is only a good thing for the game. Well, there you go. The, the Outer Worlds DLC, what's that? Perils of uh, Gorgon. Did you Gorgon. play Outer Worlds? I did, and I I enjoyed that game. Um, it, uh, ha- have you played it? I have. I am um, not a fan of Fallout, really. <laughs> um, and so I played it sort of begrudgingly. And while it did not leave a maybe like super long lasting impression on me, it did leave me with a nice taste in my mouth. So, um, I mean, like, so, so seeing that there's DLC coming for it, I would play the DLC. It it is a fun world to dip back into, you know. Um, I liked a lot of the, um, the, the side characters that come on your ship and stuff. So, I'd be I'd be down to play this this DLC and it's one of two, right? Uh yeah, the, the it's the first one. I believe it comes out uh September 9th, so pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um it's also coming to uh PS the, the PlayStation uh version of it because even though Obsidian uh is owned by Microsoft, they already had uh Outer uh Worlds um they already were planning on it for release on multiple different environments so like PlayStation yeah. and Xbox before the actual uh, sale went through. So they kept that. So technically, if you're playing Outer Worlds, it's a Microsoft published game. <laughs> it's on Switch too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I can't imagine it running very well on Switch. Hardly but... ran on my Xbox. 
Yeah, uh, I really liked I liked the Outer Worlds a lot. I think the combat was a lot better than you get from most Fallout games. I uh, agree. The actual shooting, you could play it like a shooter pretty easily, and mm-hmm. it was kind of fun. Um, and I think the story itself was fun, and I really got myself kind of like caught up in a lot of the side stories. I think the side stories it, were even like they were stronger than the main story because I mean personally, like when, I don't like when a game says, "Hey, you care about this," you know, so like. When, when the whole idea of like, hey, you want to save these people. I mean, of course, you know, you want to try. I mean, I personally am a fan of saving people. Um, but like the whole idea of you care about all these people who you don't know and never, never met. Like, OK, well, I'm more inclined to do this stuff with all of my, you know, my companions and stuff who I know and have conversations with as opposed to these people who I've never even like that don't I've never even seen, you know, they don't yeah. even exist to me. But I, my, my worry with a game like this is that once you're done with it, how easy is it to get in the DLC? Like, do like, am I going to have to like replay parts of it? Am I going to remember right, this right. stuff? Is it going to be like after the, the no return point? Like, where does it start you? How does it do that? And I feel like that that's one of those things that would always kind of like stop me from playing it. And I remember like I could have gone back. I could have gotten all the achievements for it. I could have like finished the game more completely. But I remember being happy enough with it that I didn't feel like I needed to come back. Um, so, you know, Hey, if this is on game pass, if it's free, I, why, why not? There's yeah. really no reason to stop me, but, um, uh, outer worlds was fun with my experience with it. I just don't know if I need to come back to it. So then keeping with the sort of obsidian in the obsidian corner, we got the trailer for avowed, which I guess was just the declaration of obsidian saying, what are you going to do Bethesda? <laughs> 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 you know, like it, it looks like, you know, a fantasy I don't, I don't, it was just a trailer, so you didn't really see any gameplay, but to my understanding, it's a fantasy RPG, right? In similar way to your Skyrim's, Oblivion's, Morrowind's, Daggerfall, Hammerfell, um, Arena. I'm trying to name all the Elder Scrolls games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see which comes out first, the next Elder Scrolls game or this Avowed game. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it'll be the, the race to that. Um, I, after playing Outer Worlds, though, in, in, I, I don't know how this could be bad, yeah. right? It's probably years away right. from actually being, you know, playable. Uh, it it's good. I think I think this will be an awesome exclusive to have for Xbox if that's the if you know it's a good game and I, I I don't see how this can be a bad thing for Xbox. It's just hard for me to be excited about it yet because it's so far off. That makes sense. Um, and then continuing in the Obsidian Corner, Grounded, which you have played. I have. Like, okay, so <laughs> uh, I didn't know much about this when I saw the trailer. Um, I thought it would be like this, you know, a multiplayer arena type of game. Like, it was, it's still not out yet. Um, they have, like, the early access beta version. Um, right. Uh, I forget what the name of the Xbox program is to, like, play games as they're in development and, like, work through them. And they're very upfront about being like, hey, just give us your feedback. What do you think about this game? Uh, and currently you can play it on PC or, um, Xbox, uh, and with game pass, it's free. So why would I not download it? Right. And when, when I started the game off, uh, I really had not much expectation for it other than I thought it was going to be a multiplayer shooter. And I was kind of like, ah, whatever, we'll, we'll yeah, at least go in and see it. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, basically it's, it's a, it's like honey, uh, we, we shrunk ourselves, uh, type of game or honey we shrunk the kids type of game yeah. you're you're a teenager who gets shrunk down in your backyard and you got to find out what happened and uh <laughs> when you say is, what happened like how you got shrunk yeah how you, you got shrunk and like the whole world you don't know no oh, weird okay do you just like wake up and you're tiny 
Yeah, you like wake up next to like uh, it, it's like a like a foam case with uh, four human imprints about your size in it, and like a syringe. Oh, uh, okay. So it, it, yeah, it's fun. like it's that's it's cute. like they shrunk you down, put you in this case, and just threw you in the backyard, and you have to kind of find out like why you were there. Um, and immediately, it wasn't a, a multiplayer arena shooter game. It yep. is a uh, survival esque Minecraft type of crafting game in which mm-hmm. you have to uh hit grass uh pick up uh do and stuff on the ground and then use it to craft it, uh to, together new armor uh structures and that kind of thing but the thing that really kind of drew me in it more so than than a game like a minecraft would be how it, there was a story to it and they had tasks that you had to complete like not just like build a lean-to but like Turn on this laser, find out what's blocking the laser in order to progress the story through. You know, the first thing you do is you walk, you get out of that cage, you walk around, you see a giant baseball and they mark it on your map. Uh, you see a couple of like mites and stuff going by you that are like not there to kill you, but you can if you want. Uh, you start picking stuff up, making some simple weapons, uh, and then you find this giant, like almost walkie talkie looking thing. And you can like walk inside of it and see all like the different like technology parts in it. And then you can jump on top of it and there's like a button you can press to activate. Hmm. You press activate and uh, this kind of little cutscene happens. And basically three lasers from these large structures in the backyard are like aimed and shooting at this thing. One of them goes on fine. The other one's being blocked by something. The other one has a weak stream and you have to find out why. So then you go to each one of those yeah. big towers and be like, all right, what's blocking this? Oh, it's just a leaf. I'll cut that down. It's open. The other one, oh, all these bugs are biting the little thing. I'll, I'll kill those bugs and they're not biting anymore. The stream's not weak anymore. Then the story progresses. You get to this little underground base area and you meet this NPC and you talk to him. And then all of a sudden it says, well, that's all the story content we have so far. You can keep playing, do these tasks from this uh, NPC character, um, or just continue to explore and build stuff. Hmm. And I was like, okay. It took about an hour and a half playing around, messing around. That's kind of fun. Uh, but then I was like researching more about the game and apparently that, that all that story that took about an hour and a half was about 20% of the single player story. Oh yeah. And, um, the team is being developed by a very small group within Obsidian, only like a a dozen or so people are actually putting it together. So it's not like the whole of Obsidian is doing it, just a smaller group of it. Uh, and the world itself, it's just like a backyard. Like you can get to the end of it. You can see where mm-hmm. the end of it is. There's like different things to block you. So I wonder like ultimately if this is like a crafting game, how much legs the crafting side is going to get? How much is the base building going to be? Like how in depth is that going to be? Yes, you can make like shelters and, and floors and roofs and stairs and stuff with leaves, but is it going to be something that is going to be as creative as like a Minecraft and you're making all these crazy worlds and platforms right. and bases and stuff? Are you going to need to do that? Because it doesn't necessarily seem like the world is big enough to warrant like, I need to have another save point here. I need to have yeah, a base here. Yeah. So it seems small enough. But I was, for that hour and a half I was playing it, I, I, I enjoyed it. It sure. was fun. I wonder, though, how it's going to grow. What's the final game going to look like? How big is the story going to be? What's what's the actual crafting stuff going to end up like? It's like a multi like it's a multiplayer game though, right? So you can play with up to four people uh, okay. in the same world, um, and then you can work together to get tasks done. Uh, one of the cool things though is that you can't just craft anything. You have to to research uh, your 
things that you find in the world in order to get new recipes. So you you know you you have a, a rock or something that you find on the ground. You go to this machine, you analyze it. You can anal- analyze three other items that you have, and then the machine has to recharge. Hmm. And then it takes like thirty minutes for that machine to recharge before you can uh, research more items okay. and stuff like that. And if it is again, I'm, I'm this is this is my broken record speaking here. It's on Game Pass. Why would you not want to check it out? Yeah, you know, like it's simple enough to like to play to go through. Uh, the combat itself can be kind of crazy. I I, I sure I shared you these pictures with it, and like obviously you can fight the the bugs that are that are giant to you. Some are small in your size that are like mites. Other ones are like ants that are working around. Other ones are ladybugs that have like so much health that you can keep stabbing it like a million times right. and its health barely goes down. But then they have these giant, enormous spiders, Oof. and they are yeah. not only creepy, but they are. Hard to kill. Really? Oh, okay. So, so they're like, are they? Are they? Are there a lot of them? Uh, in in the the way the game is set up, there's like an area that there's a bunch hanging around. There's like three or four that are like walking around. But there is a day night cycle, and if you don't choose to sleep during night, they have like wolf spiders that come out oh, and like hunt you down. And that they're like kind of creepy. Oh yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> but uh, the game itself has a great sense of humor with this. Uh. And I'm, I'm taking it as it being a sense of humor, because when you start the game, the first thing they ask you um, is, uh, are you an arachnophobic? Do you want to change the ex- accessibility settings to make the spiders less intimidating to you? Literally one of the first things that pops up as a menu. Oh, wow. That's and they have, very nice. They have um, a specific um, arachnophobia safe mode, and there's five levels of it. So if you, if you don't have a problem with spiders, whatever, you get the regular spider. But then you can go and... Um, make the spiders less and less realistic <laughs> so by, by switching the settings like first like they they have less detail to them then they have less legs and then they have less color and eventually if you want you can make the spiders just like a white blob that kind of floats around and it's so comical looking that it kind of takes off any of that um scary humor side of things and it, it's 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 funny <laughs> it's, uh, do they behave the same like they have the same health and, and everything yeah they're exactly yeah. the same except they don't look as scary like spiders, as the regular yeah. spider is with the legs and everything it's just a, a blob that floats around yeah that's like um, that's very interesting yeah and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek it's almost like i after playing the last of us that took accessibility options so seriously i can't tell if this is like being serious or they're just doing it to be funny like is is that really a thing that people are so afraid of spiders that they don't want to play a game if if, if they have arachnophobia? I mean, I, I can imagine it probably is a deterrent. You know, I, yeah. as a kid, I mean, as a kid, I, I was pretty scared of spiders. And um, in the Lord of the Rings, if you remember, in the uh, Return of the King, they go and um, there's that prolonged section with some rather sorry rather large spiders, and I would skip it, and like I. Uh, some, some important stuff happens in that in that those scenes um so like i remember skipping it I, my brother had to tell me what happens and it's like okay just never, <laughs> gonna, just never gonna look at that ever so yeah. I, I can imagine that this would be something that if you are pretty scared of spiders and don't want to li- like you know, we, we talk about like trying to relax when we play games and how we sim- will avoid horror games you know sometimes if if mm-hmm. that's not like the experience we're looking for you know at the end of a, like a day or whatever um and i can imagine that if you're 
pretty scared of spiders that this slider is actually really nice <laughs> yeah and i mean it's like literally the in the accessibility menu it's the first one like it's a but yeah. it's more important to this game than colorblind mode than large text and all the subtitles and stuff like that yeah um and again tongue-in-cheek but you know but if, it's if effective you're afraid if of spiders, yeah. yeah i can just not imagine if i was afraid of spiders i would assume like seeing a giant ant would also be uh yeah like not scary to me great. Yeah, but um, the spiders are definitely a different level of creepy than the ants are in this game. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I I like that though. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is. It, it is weird. I mean, not weird that they would exclude other creatures that might be also scary. Because I think probably people who are afraid of spiders far outweigh people who are afraid of you know other stuff. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, overall grounded. I was intrigued. Um, I suggest that if you have Game Pass, uh, play it. I believe it's like 20 bucks on Steam okay. um, if you don't have Game Pass. So pretty low investment, but it still is a work in progress. They're they're building it. They'll finish it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there'll be more research and more things to do, more story. Uh, but it, it, it had me it, it had me uh, engaged for the time I played it. Oh, cool. Um, next is As Dusk Falls, which is another one of those interactive stories. And... I mean, I, I really like interactive stories, and um, so even even the the other one, um, tell me why you know that intrigued me in, in a way where I'm like, you know, this this looks interesting to me. But this game looks way more interesting to me just because of the style of it. You know, they talked about it, I think in that press in the press release they talked about you know funding these smaller studios that are going to be able to make things that they're like extremely passionate about and and. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And that all, all of those things do me so right. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to play this game. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would say I'm, I would be more excited about tell me why again, not to play to watch because I'm more familiar with don't not as a studio. Um, I believe, uh, as dusk falls, uh, is interior night or some company like that, that I don't know what the game is going to like, I know it's an interactive story, but I, it's, it's to hard for capacity. me to predict what the gameplay is going to be like from moment to moment. But I think you nailed it on the head. That art style looks so, it's so cool. Interesting. It's, I, I don't even know. It's like, kind of like portraits that kind of move almost yeah. uh, it's 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 really cool and i think sometimes with an art style that can really draw me into a game uh that i wouldn't want to play and i think something like this really kind of like sticks out to me as being something that could be uh interesting to play it's interesting because it just it looks like something that i've n not seen before and and you know i've played a lot of these interactive story games um of varying levels of like quality you know but but mm -hmm. i think that having an interesting art style is is something that is going to keep me watching this game you know in terms of you know interactive stories because so many of them try to be realistic and try to be a movie you know you get like until dawn or any of the david cage ones where like the the graphics look real good but there's no there's no style to it you know it's just like trying to be a film whereas this is not and it's proudly wearing the video game hat which i'm excited about yeah yeah, yeah. So, again, it, this would be a great thing to pick up on Game Pass. I feel like a broken record, but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I think that that is the caveat to, like, this whole conversation is, like, about Game Pass. And, and you can look at it as something that is, I mean, it's, it, it's a great deal. It's an incredible deal. And it's something that I think, you know, Sony and PlayStation don't have. They have, what is it called, PS 
now? We have PS Now. Um, it's definitely not as great. Like the the thing with Xbox, pretty, all these games are going to be available on on Game Pass that we're right. talking about. Awesome. Uh, but with uh, Microsoft, all of their exclusive games will be on Game Pass. You, you like you, you, no, no, for oh. uh, Microsoft. Oh, gotcha. All their exclusive games. So a lot of these ones are like kind of second parties, but like we're talking about like, you know, your Gears of Wars, your mm-hmm. now Obsidian games, like any first party studio Xbox game, you don't have to buy if you have Game Pass. Right. Which is awesome. Like, I, <laughs> I think there is something about like having like a $60 game that you want to purchase, mm-hmm. like, you know, that is like an event game. But like here we're talking about like these games like Grounded. Would I have paid money for that? I don't think so, especially specifically not before it was like released, but the fact that it's there and I can play it and go through it. And, uh, you know, that that's an amazing deal, an amazing experience that you can get. And I I really feel like this is an interesting strategy that that Microsoft is taking with their Game Pass model. Um, Even further than that, most of these games, if you have Game Pass and you have a good enough computer, you can play them on your computer, which which (laughs) that's insane. I mean, that's that's why if you have the computer that can do it why would you ever not you know i mean other than potentially maybe owning but even with if you're playing on pc like you don't buy physical copies right like that's a thing of the past <laughs> like right. it's, it's all on steam or you know what whatever else wherever else it might be but that kind of makes me wonder why would you buy an xbox if you have a pc so here's my hot take um i i think i saw a video talking about this and i totally agree i think that this may be the last xbox and i think that after this uh you know obviously there might be you know in the same way that they did the xbox one series whatever um you know to either make it more powerful or cheaper for you know more casual players um i think that this might be the last xbox because I think that Sony, uh, Microsoft is moving more towards that, you know, experience of making software versus hardware, which, yeah. I mean, they're they're at the top of the game in that regard, at least in my opinion. Um, I think Game Pass is awesome. It's the kind of thing that, I don't know, I've talked about with friends for years. We're saying like, you know, we've got like, there's like, you can get a Kindle, which is, you know, to my understanding, kind of like Netflix or books. There's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's all these streaming services. Why are there not the, you know, that kind of thing for games? And it kind of seemed like with the Nintendo, do you know what I'm talking about? The Nintendo, the Nintendo classic, Online. yeah, Nintendo Online. Um, that it, that's the same idea, but like I don't know. Not, it's not that I don't want to play like you know NES games, but I I want to play them at a much less like a much smaller frequency than I want to play, you know, newer games that just came out. So this is awesome. This is like totally what people want, you know? Right. And with like a game like Outer Worlds, like I I would not have played that probably if right. it wasn't for this being a new big game that's being released and I can play it because I already have Game Pass. Right. I would exactly. not have. And, and, you know, if I were to play it, I would have probably bought it for the PlayStation. Right. But because it was on Game Pass, because it's a big game, because it's the place to play it. Of course, I'd play it there, and I think that that's an interesting that that's interesting to see like what the market would be like because I can't imagine that uh, like Call of Duty would want to pair with Game Pass. No, and if they did, they would need a lot of money from Microsoft, <laughs> right? So that still leaves like the Call of Duty 
of the world to want to pair with like PlayStation. Yeah. And because like that's, you know, like that's where people are are buying their their that that's where people are playing, that's that has the most consoles out there. But with the Xbox side of things, is that going to hurt them if they're not creating uh, a, like a place where, you know, like a like an ecosystem on when when you can play on your Xbox Call of Duty? Are, are people like Activision going to want to pair with them or are they going to kind of start to exclude people? So unless you get Game Pass, why would you come or unless you're going to be on Game Pass, why would you want to come to Xbox? Right. And and I, I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how these develop because PlayStation and Microsoft are having a very different view of what next gen is going to be like. Um, both of them are exciting to me, I guess. Uh, PlayStation is more of what I expect. Xbox is different. And it's, just because it's different doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Well, what I like about it is that, you know, with the Xbox One versus PlayStation 4, the, that, like, they, it felt like they were competing, doing, trying to do the same thing, you know, but with different colors, you know. And, and the exclusives that they had, you know, sort of at launch and at release and the few following years after that were very much like, okay, well, we want to do our version of that with this or, you know, in, in that way. Whereas the PlayStation 5 versus the Xbox uh they need a better name is it the series x no yeah (laughs) no the series x is the oh it is that xbox one x xbox series x correct super not confusing at all right i think i messed that up then earlier when i was talking about whatever um excuse me but um it seems they're going for different things and so it's it's less about saying you know what do you want the x the new xbox or the new playstation and more of like that conversation is not about well, what exclusives or whatever, it's more about, well, what kind of experience are you looking to have? Um, and I, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. It, it, I think it, it makes it better for people who are fans of video games to actually have that choice instead of picking what, you know, what color game they want to play. Right, exactly. Um, I, I think the, the, the thing that worries me about Microsoft's plan is because when they initially uh, came out with their announcement for the Xbox One, Mm-hmm. their whole strategy was about video games are going to be different. Yep. The Xbox One is going to be different. We're going to do games differently. You're going to have, you know, always online. It's going to be a media box. It's going to be every, you know, the Xbox is going to be the, the center hub of your entertainment console. Right. That didn't work out well for them. No. <laughs> no, it did not. I mean, it, it is th- that announcement and that strategy was the single reason why PlayStation 4 is more successful than the Xbox One is because when that initial announcement came out, more people got on the PlayStation bandwagon because they're like, oh, PlayStation just about games? I'm going for them. Right. And even though I still think Xbox's vision was more in the future and they were thinking about like, well, you're going to have to be online in order to get these like experiences. Think of all these most popular games that are online-only experiences right, right. now. Yeah. Um, and they were really forward-thinking with that. It turned It caused them to lose... Uh, I, this generation console war. Even though Xbox One is still a successful console, it's nowhere near the kind of success that PlayStation has. And it'll be really interesting to see how those numbers kind of compare going into the next generation. Because right now, you look at all the numbers on these uh, direct, not directs, on all these showcases and uh, the state of plays, and the amount of people who are watching the Sony stuff outnumbers the Xbox stuff by a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, I think that there are people who are. Um, yeah, I, I would say that there are more people who are like brand loyal to Sony than to, you know, uh, Microsoft and Xbox and stuff. I, I don't really think that there are 
there's the amount of people who are like ride or die Xbox fans as there are with like PlayStation. Would you agree? That's I I agree now. I would say in the 360 era, uh, that wasn't the case because 360 like that was you know that was the place that you could weird go to play Call of Duty with your friends and all that kind of stuff. But then when that generation shift happened. All of that. PlayStation came out and they're like, no, we are going to be the ones who get the exclusives on Call of Duty. We're going to bring all those people over here. We're going to make PlayStation the place where these people go. And they did. And it totally. worked. I totally. Because, I mean, I was, a, I was a ride or die Xbox 360 person. I mean, I think I still am over the you know PS3. But I think that when, when you hit the nail right on the head where when that shift did happen in the next generation, it just was completely, completely Sony took over and... and you know, made people who were ride or die 360 people into ride or die PlayStation people, which I think yeah. is that's quite the feat, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but but so going out of that, I mean, I, I'm I am excited for what what Xbox has to offer, especially in regards to Game Pass and, and everything like that. Um, so l- let's go through sort of the last of these games here from the uh, from the showcase. We'll be able to probably crank right through these. Um, yeah, because I mean, I don't have a whole ton of extended thoughts on a lot of them um, because a lot of them are just were, were there. There was no gameplay. It was just the trailer. So you might have you might as well have just shown me the logo and said spooky, you know, um, nuclear waste game <laughs> um, or whatever. Um, but so let's take a look. Uh, Hellblade 2. D- did yeah. you play Hellblade the first one? I did not. Uh, I did not play it. It's downloaded on my Xbox um, to play at one point. It's it's a very dark and like serious game, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's praised for tackling mental health in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character, I think, it's schiz- it's schizophrenic, I believe. Okay. Uh, I thought it was about depression, but I also, like I said, know very little about this game. The main character is going. It, it has, uh, um, uh, I believe, it's schizophrenia, and like they play this up and they depict it in a really unique and interesting way. Like if you're playing with the headphones, you hear voices around you the whole time. Oh, that's voices cool. are like, you know, talking to you and you're hearing like all these like multiple voices and stuff like that. And, uh, it's a cool it, it looks like a cool game graphically it looks awesome uh i think hellblade 2 is going to be an awesome exclusive uh for um uh xbox when it comes out it seems like they're pretty early in the in the in the process of making yeah. the game though they're they're looking for for uh locations they're scouting out locations and stuff like that um and eventually we'll play Hellblade, and I think uh, Hellblade 2, if it only builds off of what that first game was, they can only get better as a, as a studio uh, making this specific game. So I'm excited for it. I think it could be fun. All right. Next up is Psychonauts 2. Now, this is like... I, I've never played the first Psychonauts, but to my understanding, it is like a, the cult classics of cult classic video games. Like, this is like... People love the first Psychonauts. Have you played it? It was a little yes. bit before my time. Did you like it? I did. Uh, it, it's a game. Uh, Double Fine itself, uh, they have a sense of humor to them that, uh, you know, I, I feel like I enjoy in games uh, a lot. And when I played the first Psychonauts, uh, you know, basically it's about, it, think about it like it's a summer camp where psychics go. And these psychics, what they do is they go into people's minds to unlock their deep secrets. And each person's mind is a different creative world. So if there's that person who, you know, is one of the first levels, you're in like this uh, general's head. And he's like the, the drill sergeant at camp. But in his head, it's like a war zone. 
And then you go to the other person who is, has this like conspiracy theory brain. And there's all these like hmm. crazy like 50s, like people taking cameras and pictures of you. You have another person, you go in their brain, it's like a circus. And like each person's brain has a different feeling to it. And you go inside, you collect all these different like dream fragments, very much like you collect uh, collectibles in a in a platformer game. Okay. Uh, you get new psychic powers. Uh, and it, it's, it's a really kind of just cool concept and a fun story that has a good sense of humor to it um and i was a pretty big fan uh when it first came out of it so i'm excited for psychonauts 2 um i'm excited that it's it's gonna be uh it's on game pass but it's coming to playstation 2 uh Mm -hmm. double fine games are great and i'm looking forward to this a lot i liked i did i played grim fandango which i liked i've played the remaster which i don't know Mm -hmm. how like how that compares to the original but i i enjoyed it i'm a fan of the like puzzle games um, well, Psychonauts is not is, though, right? Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's like a th- it's like a third person action kind of game, yeah. uh, jump platformer, um, right. more or less. You're jumping on enemies, you're shooting little things off at them, a uh, little punch kick type of action. But uh, I mean, the same basic kind of humor that if you like the Grim Fandango humor, you'll like the Psychonauts humor, right? Um, and this might be morbid, and I don't mean it to be, but seeing Jack Black in the tra- in like the trailer, like it was not like, and like I said, I'm not trying to be morbid or anything. It's just there's been so much news. I was glad to see that he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> like like I don't because I haven't thought about Jack Black in forever. Um, it was it was nice to see that that guy was still around and he still he looked like he was having a good time singing that song with his big old gray beard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I first thought when I saw that it was going to be a brutal legend um, yeah. uh, game and brutal legend is like a weird. Uh, action game slash real-time strategy game on uh, it was a, like a lot it. of stuff going on there i wasn't a fan i never finished it um but i thought it was another one of those but then it was the psychonauts i'm like oh he's gonna be involved with that so uh that did nothing but make me excited <laughs> right. um, to see that jack black was alive <laughs> <laughs> like he showed up i was like oh hey <laughs> like I, I didn't think you were dead <laughs> but it's nice to know that you're not um <laughs> it was it was like the one piece of so positive celebrity celebrity news that i've seen in the past it's like when, whenever you go on Twitter and you see Betty White is trending, like you, you see like, people oh, like no. looking at it. Like, I don't know what happened, but it's all, no, Betty White's uh, smiling and happy. And I'm like, oh, okay, oh, good. great, great. I'm glad <laughs> she is right now. I feel like, I feel like as I go through this list, I basically say the title of a game. I say, I haven't played it. Have you? And you say yes. And then you tell me if it's good or not. Um, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. That's the newest expansion. Yeah. I think you I think having Destiny, Destiny yeah. yeah, I played Destiny 2 when it first came out. I didn't really get into the the expansions a lot, but I think when Destiny 2 being free to play kind of model now, but if they have it also on Game Pass so you get all the expansions on Game Pass, that is an awesome get. Yeah, it's awesome, yeah. Like the amount of 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 content that you can you can get for quote unquote free with Game Pass is awesome. I think that's a perfect place for it to live right now because it is a little intimidating to know where to start. Right. Because with all the different expansions of Destiny 2 and everything, it's a little confusing. But if it's all there on, on Game Pass and you can play it, that's that's a good decision uh, for um, not only Bungie, but I think for uh, Microsoft as well. Totally, totally. Stalker 2. Uh, I have not played the first Stalker. I'm sort of familiar with its, like... The legacy, I mean, that's the wrong word, cult, <laughs> cult status that people really, yeah. really enjoyed it because it's like a first person RPG, right? Um, in like the same vein of like Fallout, like not the same, like 
feel or anything like that but you know it's in chernobyl yeah or russia or something i I, i'm really i'm I'm unsure this game like i I remember stalker being a thing Mm -hmm. um i remember uh me looking at it being like oh this is like all those other shooter games set in a grim world uh and it it did it when i first looked at it, it did nothing to necessarily make me interested in it uh i can't say the stalker 2 trailer i saw made me want to buy it i'm sure it'll be good and guess what It'll be on Game Pass. Stay with me. It's on <laughs> so Game Pass, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'll, if, it, if it comes out and it's good, I'll dip my toes in. I like, yeah, I like a not? good role-playing game. I like a good shooter. And it, it's kind of got, like, to my understanding, it's it's kind of got some horror, like, roots with with dealing with, like, mutated things and, and terrifying nightmare creatures and stuff like that. If, if I'm remembering correctly, I might be totally wrong. But uh, on on second thought, I don't think I want to play this. Then I don't like those horror games. Them horror games. Yeah, I know this about you. I'm I'm yeah. a fan of horror horror titles. I don't like horror movies, but I like horror games. Um, so I want to talk about Warhammer Forty Thousand Dark Tide, <laughs> or, okay. or or as you know, fans of Warhammer would call it Warhammer Forty K Dark Side. Um, we we talked about this briefly. Um, sort of we went we went through this once a few weeks ago, and and. My problem with Warhammer video games are, and let me let me preface right. this by saying, okay, there we I go, played go. I played a lot of Warhammer when I was a kid, like like sixth through freshman year of high school, um, not six years old, sixth grade. Sorry, you should not give a child Warhammer stuff like that. Like not a six year old, that'd be bad. But um, <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be sticking it in their mouth and eating it and choking on it. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of sharp pieces on those guys. Yeah, yeah. They've all got like chainsaw things and stuff. But like my problem with Warhammer 40k video games is that I think there's a great like market for it because I think that the stories that Warhammer 40k tells are really interesting. I think that all of the different armies and races and, and aliens and stuff are extremely interesting. But video games about Warhammer only want to talk about humans and in my opinion the humans are the least interesting like people in our armies in in the tabletop game not saying that they can't be interesting because they certainly can be but do they warrant every single video game being about them i don't think so i would love to see a game where you are fighting against the necrons they are they're like these like metal skeletons that have like they're a hive mind that would be awesome and and playing as a like maybe a Tau, they're like these blue alien guys who their whole thing is like I think it's um, for the greater good. That's their slogan, um, and and so they are they are like this like very noble race of of aliens that they're, they're like quote unquote like good guys because you can play this like either like good guys or like bad guys. Um, they're they're sweet and and I think that Warhammer games are always just about men in suits of armor shooting things like i mean the like the blandest war sorry i'm going off on this like tangent no no the blandest warhammer game in my opinion was one that came out i think it was called warhammer space 40k space marine where you play as a space marine which is what every video game is about and it's about a, a burly white man in a suit of big armor and what was he fighting he was fighting orcs the maybe like the most common video game enemy underneath Nazis. It, it like it's, it's, you, you know what I mean? It's either orcs or Nazis and, and again, the universal that, bad guy. The yeah. Orc. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that orcs can't be interesting and, and it's not that orcs don't get to warrant their own stories, but I mean, the orcs are 
uninteresting to look at. They're uninteresting to fight. They're the same orcs that are in the Lord of the Rings, essentially. They're the same orcs that are in any uh, the, fantasy. The orcs are the Urukai. Um, I'm referring to the um, classic orcs in the Lord of the Rings. You see, the Urukai are sort of a mix of man and uh, dark elf, which um, I think are actually much more interesting than sort of baseline orcs mm. because mm-hmm. of their, yep. you know, sort of relationship to humans and also elves and also orcs, making them sort of a much more interesting villain. Um, and I think that sort of doing away with them in the two towers, um, I, I think they could have been the, the bad guys of the Lord of the Rings. So do I think I'm smarter than J.R.R. Tolkien? I do. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not. I'm definitely not. Um, that man created multiple languages. I created a podcast with you that has three episodes <laughs> hey this is going great so <laughs> anyway, take that jr tolkien i have a serious question about warhammer okay. uh, 40k yeah what does the 40k mean why um okay so there are three types of warhammer games there is warhammer which is okay. your classic fantasy um this game is being developed by uh fat shark which is a wonderful developer name um and they made um vermintide which was like a like a classic Warhammer game, like, like it was a video game, like so fantasy Yes, which Got is it. is high fantasy. So um, high fantasy is just Warhammer. It, it, that is that is called just straight up called Warhammer. And then there's uh, Lord of the Rings Warhammer, which is the same thing but with Lord of the Rings stuff, which I think is really cool. I'm just a fan of that though. Um, and then um, there is Warhammer 40k, and for I believe if I'm remembering correctly. Um, 40k might be the year that it all like takes place in, but it also might just be that 40,000 sounds like a big number that you could assume like 40,000. That sounds like spaceships. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so with that then in, in Warhammer, would you ever have like the Vermintide people versus the dark tide people? Would they be fighting each other at any point in this, in this canon? No. Um, it is, they're, they're completely separate. I mean, well, in Warhammer, like like the like baseline Warhammer, there is an orc army and a goblin army and like a man army and whatever. So like those ideas are kind of the same and they're played similarly like enough. But um, no, you wouldn't get like a crossover between those two, um, to my understanding. And I've been out the game for, you know, many, many, many years. But and uh, where does Warcraft fit into the Warhammer universe? Um. <sighs> So if I'm remembering correctly, and then I'm going to cut out right here, um, and it's going to make it sound like like I knew a lot about Warcraft, <laughs> which I don't. Um, wait, oh, World of Warcraft. Oh, 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 I know. I Sorry, I was thinking of Starcraft, which I didn't oh, know. Oh, no, no, no. Um, so World of Warcraft, actually. So I'm going to cut out right here, um, and it's going to make it sound like I know a lot about World of Warcraft. All I know is that there's an expansion that has Kung Fu Panda on the front of it. Um, you say that. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah, oh, I, 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 this game, I mean, it was just like, it was the um, Imperial Army versus some zombies, which, again, it's just dudes in armor fighting zombies, which is every video game. Yeah, I feel like the worst thing about this is that it came right after Stalker 2, and those games yeah. kind of look similar to me. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're not, but that in terms of how you place these, they should have put the next game, Tetris Effect, between in them, between yeah. just to like break it up a little bit but yeah. uh tetris effect uh do you like tetris um i've actually not ever gotten into tetris aside from tetris 99 which i played a lot of and had to stop because i was having like stress dreams about tetris has that ever happened to you 
<laughs> no. <laughs> oh, did you not know what that is? Okay, so the Tetris effect is referring to this psychological condition of people who play a lot of Tetris. And so they start to, like, when they close their eyes, they see the, like, blocks falling and they have, like, dreams about it and stuff. So I had to stop because I played, like, 10 hours of it in, like, three days. And I was like, I actually have to be done with it. That doesn't seem like a good thing to name a game after. I mean, it's, it's a catchy name. But, like, Tetris Effect, that sounds like a negative thing. Like, you don't want to, like, have stress dreams about Tetris. Or it means that you like Tetris so much that you're willing to put your own mental health on the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will probably play Tetris Effect because I'm a, ter- I am turned into a Tetris fan after Tetris 99. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I think Tetris Effect looks like a good game. Um, and I would, if I were to play it, I would play it on PlayStation because of the PSVR mode that yeah, you can play on yeah. it, which to me might be the nice, like immersive way to play that game. But um, the multiplayer aspect of it, I think could be cool. It sounds like it's merging the Tetris 99 with Tetris effect to a certain degree. So yeah, to, to a certain degree. Um, yeah. I, I like Tetris. Turns out I've never been a Tetris fan until I got it for free on switch. I think, you know, you know what else I'm not a fan of the uh, gunk, <laughs> dude, I hate gunk when I touch something <laughs> and it's got gunk on it. <laughs> I just don't want to. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. To record this show, I have to turn all the fans off um, upstairs in my house, and I don't think we have the air on. So I'm, I don't like, I don't mean to give you too much information. I got some gunk going on so on my. You're arms. the gunk now. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was weird when at the play, at the Xbox showcase when it said the gunk, and then it just showed my Facebook profile picture. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that. Like, why do you have to? Call you're me an like Xbox that? exclusive. I am. I'm exclusively an Xbox now. Um, friendship ended with playstation I'm now. <laughs> um do you know anything about the gunk yeah so the, the video game yeah the, the gunk uh it's by the people who made the steam world series uh it looks like a third person kind of actiony which is very different from what what i'm used to uh from the steam world games uh you know you were sucking up some gunk it looked like these monsters were attacking uh it could be interesting uh Maybe I'd like to see more. It looked like there, that might be a game that I'd be like, okay, yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, get it on Game Pass. Put Again, that, we might as well just put that on at the end of every single one of these games. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, but also so it's on, it'll be on Game Pass. So yeah, yeah. Um, so here's a game that I'm I am excited about, and we talked about it. I, th- I think we touched on it briefly. Um, mm-hmm. the medium that game looks very interesting. Uh, and we, we talked about it briefly last week about um. You know, it being rendered in two world, two worlds being rendered at the same time, and you, you know, transporting between them, um, looks gothic and, and kind of spooky, which I like. You know, I like I like my horror games. Uh, yeah, I I think I I I'm interested. I'm interested in it. Um, I I, I will play it. Uh, and th- this is one of those things that I'm actually—I I don't think it's just because it's on Game Pass I'm going to play it. It would be a game that I, I would play, I think, regardless of on Game Pass or, Pass or not, because it looks like to be really taking uh, advantage of the processing power in next gen. Yeah. And I think that 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 in itself, a game like that should be played. Maybe maybe I'm I'm overselling it. Maybe I, I'm thinking it's something that it's not going to be. But I I, I think. I think this could be uh, one of the next-gen games to play well, to I, start I th- off. I think that this goes exactly to your point about saying that, like, the appeal of, of next-gen, yeah, it's, it is. it can be graphics and it can be, you know, some of these other things, but really the appeal of it is the power and the, the ability to be able to, you know, do these things that are, are not possible, you know, 
um, mm-hmm. with, with past consoles. So I am ex- excited to see where this goes and see how it looks sort of as we get closer to it, because it is something that I am uh, interested in, both the subject matter as well as sort of the technology behind it. And the Bloober team is such a fun name. How can you not want to play something by the Bloobers? You know, it's weird. You'd think that Bloober team would make the gunk. I know. Yeah, yeah. They um, missed opportunity. <laughs> I, w- I will say this, though, about uh, Bloober team, because I am familiar with their work. Um, did you play uh, Layers of Fear or the uh, Blair Witch? Uh, I-, I have them uh, in multiple systems. I have them on PlayStation. I have it on Game Pass, and I have it on Switch. I have not played them, though. I think that Layers of Fear was okay. Uh, I mean, it, it was kind of like in that genre of games that came out after PT was canceled, you know, like Santa Claus <laughs> was canceled, where it's like yeah. walking around and it was it was, it was was a walking simulator that was just a spookathon that, that sometimes got me, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't t- entirely scary. It was more... Mm-hmm unnerving and potentially startling because i don't think a jump scare is scary i think a jump scare is startling um and then i didn't play the blair witch but i did read some about it when it came out because i'm i I would have played it if it was good because you know i'm like as stated before i'm a fan of horror games Mm -hmm. um but i heard it wasn't very good i heard that it was it wanted to be kind of alan wake where you shine the flashlight at stuff and and beat them but i heard you have a dog in part of it and then you don't have a dog and let me tell you if i play that game and anything happens to that dog other than it running away i'm gonna turn it off so you're not a fan of john wick well, the whole movie is about avenging that dog. That's true. That's true. So, like, because of that reason, I love it. Sure. There <laughs> I, you go. If something happened go. to my dog, I would be the next John Wick. Yeah, okay. Okay. Just letting you know. All right. That's a threat to anyone out there who wants to go for my dog. I'll make sure I don't kill your dog then. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is PSO, what is that? Fantasy Star Online. Oh, this was an anime thing. <laughs> that when I that when they played the trailer for I looked at the face of the main character and it looked like the face of the guy in Shenmue where like I was like oh you look like you didn't make the transition very well did you my friend <laughs> <laughs> I do the transition into like more realistic graphics very well yeah I mean people people like Fantasy Star Online uh, 20th anniversary I'm guessing it's uh, you know uh, hopefully a, a updated version of that but it doesn't sound like based on the graphics it is much of one but uh, I'm not going to play it yeah, I will not. I'm. I like my anime games, but I like them in in chunks. And right now, I'm chugging through Persona Five and enjoying it very much. And I think when I'm done with that, I'll be done with anime games for a little while. Chunks of anime. That's that sounds good. So moving on, <laughs> Crossfire X. That's a game being made by Remedy, which I like a lot. Yeah, like so, uh, Crossfire. It's a pretty big uh, game internationally in terms of uh, its multiplayer, um, and uh, Remedy is actually doing the single player right. for this. And I think that to me that would make this interesting because I like Remedy games. Um, I think if they are going to be um, coming up with a unique story, that that might make the game playable. But everything I'm hearing about the actual uh, first-person shooter aspect of things i i hear people uh were unimpressed hmm. with it uh they recently had a multiplayer demo beta whatever the heck they call it uh, that came out and the the reviews of that weren't glowing but uh maybe if the single player is good enough th- that could be something to bring me into it um because i do like remedy i've always been a fan of them i still haven't played alan wake but that is Oof. on my uh gotta my get on list it. yeah yeah specifically with the new control dlc coming out alan wake is actually very good i i, I really like alan wake 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and guess what? Alan Wake is on Game Pass. Is it really? There you go. Yeah. I think I maybe I said this before, but I was disappointed with the name of Control because you have Alan Wake Quantum Break, and then it should have been something Ake. You know, like Control Lake, Control Lake, like Control Lake Back Ake. <laughs> Very, that would change that game. <laughs> <laughs> She's got some back problems. Um, and then I guess the final, the final um, game that they showed off was Fable which I personally felt nothing for because I am... That was, like, I played Fable 3 because it was free on Xbox Gold, uh, Xbox, like, Live Gold or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was fine, but you, your main character doesn't talk, does do they? They just make sounds. Um, I, I don't know if in this, this new one... Right, I mean, they're uh, going to be uh, speaking or not, but generally, no. It's like you, you can, like, your custom character just kind of interacts with the world. You don't, you're not like a, it's not like a, a main voiced character that you right. can pick from. It's just right. very basic. Uh, I'm, you know, I'd be interested to play it. I, I think there's no way this can be a, a horrible game. I right. Mean, the idea of Fable itself could be pretty interesting. Um, I'm also, the fact that this was made by Playground Games uh, is kind of interesting because we mentioned the Forza game uh, earlier. Forza's usually been developed by playground games playground games is not doing the fords and motorsports anymore hmm. because they're doing fable which would okay, be interesting, interesting to see and if you look at the history of uh playground games uh they have uh basically done force and racing games and this is not no. <laughs> the same uh this is not the same kind of game so yeah. it'll be interesting uh but uh what was the lionhead studios was the uh, original Fable creators. Um, I always felt like Peter Molyneux was the kind of person who would talk up these games as being like world-changing and like, you can do anything you want. Yeah. And you can talk to your, your Xbox and the Xbox will talk back. Uh, and really, I think he was probably one of the people who made uh, people disappointed in Fable because he'd talk up about how world-changing they were and they never were. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what this new company does with it. Uh, I... I'm I'm excited, but that game there wasn't gameplay. There no. was nothing but a little teaser trailer. It's hard. It's hard to tell. And and personally, I almost prefer if if a game is not going to show me any gameplay or even gameplay in the trailer, I would prefer just the teaser. I mean, the, just the teaser with the logo and whatever. Because I mean, with so many of these games you know, uh, talking about them, it's, it's tricky to talk about anything about them other than the fact that they do exist, you know? Yeah. You look at, like, State of Decay 3, and I don't think we saw anything of, like, Everwild and and all that kind of stuff where it's like, do, I, I, okay, I know that the game exists, but I know I have no context for it. I don't know what kind of game it is unless I do, you know, my own additional research, which we have done for some of these games, but not all of them. But, I mean, I assume Fable, this new Fable game is going to just be more Fable, right? Or is it yeah, gonna, and yeah. and that's the thing though. Like, what if it's not? And we just saw this, and and people who are just thinking about it, the people who love the old fables, uh, probably want to play this game, but the people who didn't like them won't be interested in that. What if it's a completely different take on it, uh, or they do something different with it, and we just don't know? And it's really hard to tell. And and I would say part of the reason it could be different is because we have this new uh, developer on it, and right. you know maybe they have a different vision of what it could be, and maybe it is going to be something that I should be more excited about. Uh, but it's so probably early in the process of making it, they don't really have 
uh, a hand, uh, they don't have the ability to show something yet. And even thinking about like Halo, they showed a lot of Halo. They showed a, a, a demo for Halo and people were mad at it because right. it didn't look what they wanted to. So yeah, it's hard. It, 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 all these things are hard to do. Um, I, I think one of the, the, the sad things about not having E3 this year is that you would see these trailers, but then you have people play the games and they yeah. come back and they talk about it. Yeah. Um, like I could watch the, the when Breath of the Wild first came out, you can watch that E3 presentation. But then when you heard people talking about that demo they had with it, that's what sold me on the game. Yeah. And we don't have that anymore because of just the, the state of things. And, you know, as problematic as E3 can, can be uh, and... Uh, the fact that it's not there, I think, is is a sad thing for for the video game industry itself because you're you're missing that conversation, you're missing people playing it and and selling these games and making them sound more interesting than just a trailer. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, what if this new Fable game is a racing game? If it's anything like Banjo Kazooie, nuts and bolts, I will cry. In the good that way, or the bad terrible. way. Terrible. Okay. No, sad and lie, and not <laughs> like nuts know, and bolts. So you take you take a game who I uh, that I have some fond memories of like fable or banjo kazooie and you turn to a racing game i i swear i i will be upset I may will cry. i may i hit you with a counter sure uh, mario kart boom nailed it kirby air ride boom <laughs> you have me at mario kart but then you put me back with the air ride thing <laughs> you have like kirby air ride is awesome or I, that's probably <laughs> my, my kid eyes looking back on it but um yeah either way so i mean if we're gonna sum up everything here i would say that whether it, it's, you know, the fact that some of these games look awesome or some of these games are maybe not the thing I'd try, the fact that everything here is available on Game Pass, I think is going to be an amazing thing for video games. If you have Game Pass, if you spend the $15 a month for Game Pass Ultimate or whatever it is, you are going to have something to play in the next gen. Uh, and a lot of these games are the perfect type of game that I would jump in pretty easily and, yeah. and play on that. And I'm very excited for most of these games to, to at least try out. Well, and that's the whole thing is is sort of right now in the way that playing games is, it's it's very hard to try out a game, you know, unless you are going over to your friend's house who has it or they're lending it to you. It's very hard to just say like, yeah, you know, I want to I want to try it, but I don't know if I'm ready to pay, you know, full price or, you know, whatever sale price there is for it yet but with this that's exactly what it is and i think that that's just awesome yeah and i i I think that it'll just be you know interesting to see moving forward uh if this is a strategy that's going to work for microsoft i still have a feeling that a lot of people don't understand how awesome game pass is i would Uh, totally agree with you because and uh, yeah go on uh, i i i just think like all you'd have to do is show people this conference or this uh showcase and they they should find something on there that they'd want to play and with game pass they get it yeah i i think that you're totally right but i think the problem is i don't okay i don't know how many people watch this um but from some of the conversations i've seen online about people talking about like halo looking you know maybe not awesome that was the biggest in my opinion takeaway for a lot of people from from this showcase which totally shouldn't be it because, okay, Halo, if it doesn't look great, I mean, that's fine. That can be a reason for you to be sort of maybe turned off by it, especially after, you know, Halo 5 and whatnot. But I I think that if you take a look at 
the rest of the conference and talk about Game Pass, with, uh, understanding that you're going to be able to try this for fifteen dollars. And not only this, but you're going to be able to try Fable, and you're going to be able to try whatever, and 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 all that stuff. I think that that is exactly what people should be talking about, but they're not for whatever reason. And I think it's just because Xbox doesn't have the committed fan base that Microsoft that um, Sony does. Yeah, the the PlayStation fanboys are way louder than the Xbox ones at yeah. this point. And uh, I, I think if people are, you know, if these fanboys are so like against Xbox because of, you know, PlayStation's better and that's the reason why they are missing out on a world totally. of awesomeness that you can get with Game Pass. Um, and I'm really excited to see where Xbox goes from here. I agree so um thanks for listening we really appreciate it if you want to um give us a follow on twitter that's at hitbox pod i learned what our twitter is for this um additionally (laughs) if if you like the episode you know you want to share it with a friend or share it with someone else maybe an enemy so you can have something to bond over and uh kindle a friendship out of your hatred for one another that'd be fine too I have to say that was a really nice way to take that. I was worried it would go in a very dark direction, but <laughs> yeah, send, was... send this podcast as a distraction so you can go in and kill them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? What an hour of people talking about games? Um, yeah, so so thanks thanks for listening. Uh, next week we're going to be back talking about um, live service games after we'll, we'll have played just a little bit of the open beta for Avengers, and and we'll have some some thoughts on on that and the future of games as well. So thank you very much for listening. And we will catch you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, that's, I'll stop recording. <laughs>